1: Podcast is brought to you by Levi Solicitors. Ten percent off your legal fees, LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan. Hello. With me is Michael Normanton. Hello. So is Moscow White, Daniel Chapman. Hello. Apologies to Levi Solicitors, for the language that is likely to follow, but wasn't that fucking
2: dreadful? Was it as good as that? Who played well? Crawley. Yes. <laughs> Correct answer. Yeah. Fucking hell. Lads, that's,
1: that's that is that's was woeful, wasn't it? It was just woeful from start to finish. First half was all right, was it? Even oh, we, we had a, well, at least at least we stayed in the game in the first half. That was the important bit.
3: I did have a slight um, sense of foreboding when they cut to the highlights from the other games at half time and it so showed uh, Chelsea just sticking a couple past two they playing. Was it Morecambe and City were what three nil up against Birmingham or someone? And I yeah. was like, oh, everyone else is just cruising. Uh, if I hadn't seen those goals going in, I probably would have been perfectly happy with 0-0 at half-time at, at Crawley because I would have said, well, we're not losing. It could be worse. Steady away. You, you have that kind of first half in this kind of FA Cup match, Get to and then we'll just kick on in the second half and, and win it. But seeing how well everybody else was doing did worry me.
2: It's not how you do it either. Like We've seen Villa and Derby go out and getting fairly well beaten by, well, I mean, Liverpool have quite a decent side, but, you know, getting battering Aston Villa more or less, but they're doing it against children. If We didn't drop enough players today, that's what I'm saying. If we'd have played Casey and Jenkins from the start and just said, look, this is a reserve time, reserve side backed up by um, Kiko Cassia, then I think people have to accept that losing 3-0 is a fair result there. But yeah. to do it with an, a half a decent side.
1: what What's happened? Seriously, can you pull apart that performance for me? Because... I'm struggling to make sense of it, because we made them look like world beaters, but they weren't. They were just a perfunctory league 2 side or in decent form. We were awful.
3: Maybe it says something about the other half that didn't play, that when it comes to leadership and what actually gets our our team going, that it's Click and it's Dallas and it's Ailing rather than Cooper and Phillips and Hernandez. Because if you're talking about, it's the the modern phrase now, isn't it? The leadership group. They would all be um, in it together, but you would hope for a slightly more um competent or uh, energetic or at least interested performance um inspired by players like that so i i, won- I wonder if we'd played uh, the other three instead of them three as our experienced spine whether it might be a, a different thing but that's that's the kind of the Bradley Johnson theory of um players not in the team look better but i am interested you know how um how that kind of I mean, happens with those players? Are we
1: that fragile? Because that was pathetic. That was pathetic, and it, you can't take a few senior players out and expect us to be that shit. Because we were shit, and
2: some fairly senior players who did play,
1: like Costa. What's the point? I, I just it, awful. It's it's dead easy and uh, to to fire pelters at Costa and Kiko Casilla. But actually, I don't want to. But on the evidence of that, what else can you do? Because mm. Costa. Does not look like a Premier League footballer. It, it just—I don't know what goes through his brain sometimes. His decision makings awful. And Kiko Casilla just needs to fuck off now. Just go away. It should really be the end of the
2: Kiko debate. Well, it, I know it, it, it like,
1: is now, isn't it? Really, is? Um, I think not,
2: it, we've got on no our cup games. I think it was over. I think the debate was pretty much over anyway. Other than
1: well, no, it wasn't. There were people. <laughs> there were people suggesting even in this game that on Twitter that Kiko Casilla should replace Melier. and in the week leading up to this, that he should be given another go because Melier's made a few mistakes. No, he shouldn't.
3: He's shit. It's because of that first half save, which was very good, that one from the corner, there was, um, if you looked online, you could see enough people replying to tweets about that, saying, oh, that shows, you know, maybe he should come in for Melier. That's that's the kind of quality we, we need in goal. Um, and I did see one, um, just a bizarre suggestion. Somebody said that his experience would help our defence and maybe, you know, that would be an advantage over um, mm. and that did make me think whether that person had, had like kind of had their mind of their, their memories of the start of last season um, and the end of the one before wiped um, and but in case anybody did need a reminder, Casilla um, did uh, did do plenty in the, the second half, although we, we were saying that the um I mean I'm sure we're going to talk about the, the commentary later, but um, Jonathan Pearson martin Keon's uh, insistence that his confidence had gone. Despite him not having to uh, touch the ball for about five minutes before they said that, oh, you can see, yeah, that's that's him, and then um, blaming him for the the third goal, whatever. It was a it,
2: just, it was a decent enough save. Wasn't yeah, he blocked it, the ball. It, it can
3: go anywhere. I don't think he was particularly directing the ball. I don't think any goalkeeper necessarily would have the the. Um, the goal that he was at fault for is enough, is what I'm saying. On top of everything else he's ever done in his entire uh, Leeds career.
1: But we spotted
2: it in the first half, didn't we? That they weren't passing to him. Yeah, there was one where it was a ball over the top and Cooper having sort of PTSD flashbacks of Kiko kasia running out. You could see he had a look and thought, "I could nudge this one back to him." Well, do you know what? It's, but it's instead, the... it's just going in the stand. Well, it's it's those
1: split seconds in which professional footballers make decisions, don't they? And it's all that. That's what training's all about, and that that sort of. The deep seated learning that you do of, of repeating things, actions, patterns, and in that split second, his brain went, "Now fuck that." Yeah, ball would have gone to Melier. Yes, yeah. you know it would have been a pass back to Melier I mean, may, he... may have passed it to their centre forward, but that's a discussion for a different. And night. he's right
2: but... to be nervous about it because in the second half, when it I mean Casey, I think had a bad touch on it, didn't he? When Kiko was completely stranded on the edge of his box, but if he's com- if he's confident, Casey's dealing with it. He shouldn't be in that position why was in the he first there? place. Yeah, why was he there? If Casey, if he's comfortable, Casey's dealing with it. He should be back in his goal. Or if he's getting dealing with it, he needs to come and actually deal with it. It was the same as he did against Derby, where he was just it was a no man's land thing between him and Cooper, of both people being in bad positions for it, and somehow both of them simultaneously fucking up. And how they didn't score another from it, I'm not particularly sure.
1: Um, Phil used the phrase "busted flush" with regards to Casilla on the Phil Hay show this last week, and I think that's pretty much confirmed now. He's done.
2: You um, might I mean, as well. I know we'll have to pay him off. There'll be he's got a huge contract for another two years. I think yeah. we're going to end up paying at least half of that. But just pay it. Just let him go. It's not good for him being here either. Not that I particularly feel any great sympathy to him, but just let him go. What is the point? Like yeah. would
1: well and do it now in January yeah, when exactly. we can do something about it. We're hoping that any club has not seen that game. Well, look, Is there anybody in the... You but football's mental, Moscow. Look at how many times Mark Hughes has been employed to do stuff and Steve Bruce keeps getting jobs on the Are you basis suggesting of suggesting he's going to be a manager?
2: Someone signed Felix Viedvald. Look at it that way. He's yeah. doing all right this season. There's, a, there's always somebody... Get him you... back.
1: He's got his game back, yeah. But um, the, the problems today run deeper than that and we have to be honest and upfront about this and say Bielsa got it completely wrong. Uh, I know there were certain things that he opted to do. For example, we know that Liam Cooper was never going to play more than 45 minutes. So that was a, a a substitution that was always going to happen, but still, it just completely collapsed, didn't it, with the time subs. You just made me think I forgot that you went off at halftime. When I was saying before about the
3: the leadership from from some players, I completely neglected to factor in that he wasn't there for the um, the second half. Just before anybody picks me up on on how wrong I was about that, <laughs> but um, the other part of it kind of does stand that you would you would hope there was enough out there to kind of absorb it. But when, when you were saying them um, about the, the kind of the training and the the practice and everything being sort of second nature, I think we we did just get pulled too far in a direction um away from what we would normally be prepared for. The um the second goal, I think also maybe the no, not the third one, but the second one is kind of Oliver Casey making him a, a mistake further up the pitch and, you know so he's a he's a young player um who is gonna make that kind of who's gonna make mistakes in games and they're not being enough to cover it and then um, more generally thinking about Jackie Harrison as a striker, um, you know, it's it's fine in an emergency. I, I wouldn't mind seeing that and was kind of interested to see how it would happen. But um, when you're looking to get that rhythm back and get back to what you normally do in games and you've got players so far out of position in so many different places, it kind of, it's like a te- tearing off bits of a sheet one by one until you realise there's nothing left kind of a Maybe death by a thousand cuts is a is another phrase for it. Just lots of little changes that ends up with, oh, actually you fucked the whole thing. Yeah,
2: I must. Have, I was half time. We were comfortable ish without creating anything. But I mean, it says a lot that I've not been betting against this season. But when I saw those half time subs coming on, I was like, mm, don't like the look of this because it was not a game we were in control of. It, you can bring those subs on if you're three 0 up and cruising, but we weren't. And I think this season has maybe highlighted the fact that the under-23s is a very, very different standard to any other league football because we've seen in uh, going to Blackpool in the Papa John's, whatever it's called, um, and getting turned over there with players that we think are probably good enough to play in the first team and actually you realise they're a bit of a way off.
3: The whole uh, League Cup defeat is probably a, a better comparison and that's kind of what I had in mind when I was thinking about um, the players on the pitch because that was a very similar lineup where there's a lot of young players but enough senior players that should have been able to get us through it and that's what kind of put me in mind of thinking of well why aren't they sort of sorting this out why why aren't the players that we do know are good why weren't they enough to to see us through to the end of this and I don't know maybe it is just that we have to sell them all I'm joking obviously um, but I'm deadly serious about um, getting Eddie Gray in not playing the kids though because we've established that they're rubbish you will just have to make do with some the old
1: kids some different kids some Reality TV stars. I mean, that Christ, that's just that an insult to injury, isn't it? For a fucking towie. Go away. Um, Rodrigo up front. I mean, he would, didn't pull up any trees that first half, but do you think it was wrong to take him off at time? Yes. Why? <laughs>
2: <laughs> because we lost. And because we took him off, uh, it was another... He was one person who was playing in his proper position, and then to bring him off for Harrison, who was briefly up front and then it was obviously changed again with Greenwood coming on. It just felt like it was daft to not give him that game time. Obviously, the, we don't know if he could have been carrying a knock or whether or not Bielsa was desperate to keep him fit or whether he'd seen enough or whether he was just so disgusted with him for not scoring that he wanted to get him off and show him who was boss. But I, I didn't think he was brilliant, but I'd have kept him on personally.
3: It, it did feel, and it would be interesting to, I'm sure Bielsa will, will say, um, Cooper was always planned for the first half, apparently, and then I think because Phillips is suspended for the Brighton game, Stroik has had a bit of practice in that position, and then he's off to make sure nothing happens to him, so he's fit for that match. Um, and then I wonder if it's the same with Rodrigo. He's an important first team player, so gets a half, which um, should be enough. And then Harrison comes on, so they're kind of sharing the 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 duties between two first team players.
1: It's funny, isn't it? Because Bielsa spoke in the build-up to this about how important the the lower league clubs are and how important the FA Cup is in terms of you know nutrients for the pyramid and all that jazz that he was on about. Um, and yet it felt it did, that he did treat this a little bit too much like a training exercise. Um, and yeah. the the problem maybe with Bielsa's system is that you talk about control as a as a word you mentioned before, Moscow, that we we play in such a robotic fashion, as uh, Scott Parker would tell you, but in such a way that so it is quite scripted and. You know, very recognisable when you see it happen that when we don't get a chance to play as we like to play and teams learn how to imbalance us and disrupt us it falls apart very quickly doesn't it take your bladigan off Scotty Parker but it's true <laughs> though Stricted isn't it but there's truth oh, but listen, listen we, we can get in an arse about Scott Parker saying it it's not his place to say it but it is our place to say it it's, um, yeah
3: there's something about the, the rhythm but the the under 23s do and down do all train in the in the same way I think that team should have won that's the thing about it, is you can't see that team that started. And even the second half, um, it wasn't so weak that we shouldn't have uh, um, won the match. And going back to that whole game, I've just looked up the lineup. It was um, basically almost the same, but with a couple of slight differences of personnel. It was um, Kiko in net, um, Shackleton right-back, Douglas left-back. It was um, Creswell and Casey, um, very good Casey was play- Casey
2: was playing the Phillips role in that game
3: yeah and very good Davis was the centre back then it's Bogus Perveda, Roberts Alioski, Rodrigo so you you make a couple of changes in there where it's like it's Costa for Roberts and it's um, Cooper for Davis and those little tweaks and um, no Bogus so we had Hernandez instead who should have been improving things but it is that's that's what's making me think with those two matches and it's a very similar performance to the, the whole one where it was just you never really felt that we got going. It was listless. It didn't have the energy. It didn't have the invention. It was just like things weren't working out. That does make me wonder: Is it that players like Dallas, Ailing, Click are the important ones? And if we would had them um, in the team instead of um, Cooper, Phillips, and Hernandez as the, the kind of the three that you're risking at the level, um, whether that would have been a, a difference? I don't know. It's just a, a thought that's kind of bugging me a little bit. of like, maybe those are the ones. And that will be, maybe that underlines why we've rested them, not even had them on the, the benches, because they are that important to the way that we play that we need them in the Premier League.
2: It didn't feel like we had any running in us today. That Normally, we get, we're used to people picking the ball up and running through midfield, whether it's centre backs, full backs, or midfielders doing it. But no one at any point today felt like, normally you see Ailing do it a few times a game, and Dallas will do it, where he'll just pick it up and think, right, I'm off, I'm going to do something here by myself. And he just sets off, and there's a one, two with click in there, and we, we get an overload on one side and it just never happened today. I don't know if I don't know if it's because people like Strike are maybe not quite as dynamic as as but, some of our other midfielders or Stroke really was doing all
3: right. I didn't have any like I say, we got to half time and I wasn't too concerned about anything in particular. It hadn't jazzed me up, but um it was looking fine for a, a dour cut match. Um there wasn't a lot of space. I mean, Crawley, we do have to acknowledge that there was another team. On the pitch. And they were and they very were, good, weren't they? They were compact, they were tight. Martin Keown absolutely, it was, it sort of summed him up um, the way he kept banging on about kind of Leeds fancy pants football. And then just, he, I'm sure you could um, hear him getting an erection when they, they got an offside call. The lovely line was the words. He's like, that's a great line from Crawley. Like, nothing, nothing could make him more happy. Than a, a good old fashioned George Graham flat back four put with their arms in the air, catching off side these uh, these expansive football, so called expansive footballers. Um, but they were very good at that. I mean, discipline, game discipline, not just like tackling, but actually sticking to your jobs and doing them does get you a, a certain um part of the way. And you don't, yeah, I don't know if there's a factor of um, of how often. How players come up against a team like that that is just going to stick rigidly? It's like, um, did you ever see, uh, I suppose a fussball table is more like it, but I always remember the, the Tomy um, grandstand game that had little players in grooves that moved backwards and forwards in a certain yeah. line. And it's kind of, it's very much like that from uh, Crawley where they just, everybody's just sticking to the jobs. Right back goes from penalty area to the halfway line and just defends that space back and forwards and trying to find them. Um, it's, it's very different to what they, they play against in the Premier League where even the bad teams are swapping positions. Maybe not Sheffield. Well, even Sheffield United, who are fucking bottom of the league, play with underlapping centre-backs, don't they? And there was absolutely nothing, nothing like that to, uh, to expose in Crawley's team. It is just a solid bunch being solid and bunching. <laughs>
0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
1: Going to put the Jonathan Pierce, uh, Martin Keown stopped clock theory to the test now and uh, ask you, do you agree with the assertion that maybe Bielsa overthinks stuff sometimes? Smoke
2: and mirrors or I think e- those
1: thick bastards
3: underthink. That's what I think. Fucking <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've always hated Jonathan careful. No, no, careful. We're gonna have Jake Humphrey ten minute monologue. Well I said this to you during the game. Jonathan Pierce, when he um
3: he started on on that about. Can I just um,
1: say, by the way, I'm enjoying now how we're just completely deflecting the away from the performance and just <laughs> playing for the commentators yeah, now. Let's just
3: lash into the commentary. Pun- Why not? The commentary. But Pierce, and they said it a couple of times about um, Bielsen not being straight about the, the team that he picks and the formation, and and Pierce using the, the, the term smoke and mirrors as if. And it, what had happened was we'd made those changes at half time. And they couldn't work out if we'd gone to a flat back four or if we were sticking with three central defenders. And they said, "Oh, it started as uh, they started with with four at the back, and they, oh, now there's three there." And but he does this, doesn't he, Bielsa? It's smoke and mirrors. He you know you can he pretends and tries to tries to keep people guessing about his formation. No, you just can't tell the fucking difference between somebody walking out of defence into midfield for a minute, adapting to the situation of the game, and then moving back. You just can't read a fucking football match because you're too busy going, "Oh yes." Jake Hessenthaler, his father, a fine player, wasn't he? And, oh, and he's very proud of his son, as if any fucking father isn't. Most banal fucking comment ever,
2: but <laughs> he's ashamed that, of him for not being in the Premier League. And he then, told me himself.
3: And then, in the same moment, you had Keon talking about he was complaining all game about Calvin Phillips playing as a as a third centre back, and used the phrase him, Bielsa being hell bent on playing him there," which is amazing. But that that bit, the smoke and mirrors thing, and basically saying Bielsa lies about what he is putting on the pitch and what formation he'll play when nothing could be further from the truth. We know that. I think that's... I mean, we don't want to drag up the car thing over and over again.
2: You're but a it, thick it, slag, Keone. If, if we're talking to me, <laughs> we, we need to... We, this is... To get that back lie. to fucking Robot Wars, Pierce.
3: <laughs> we need to get men out of football commentary if they're going to come out with shit like this. But if we're talking... I mean, that was... That that kicked off and you escalated. You That kicked off Keon. and escalated because it was all... um disrespect. It was about Carney being disrespectful. You cannot get much more disrespectful than saying that Marcelo Bielsa, who will name his team just so that you... because he doesn't care. He never disguises a formation. His whole thing about Spygate was that em- information is free. When he was in Argentina, he posted a box of video cassettes of Newell's Old Boys to another team's manager because they didn't have ex- access to the same video facilities as him. The other manager didn't even fucking want them, but he wanted to make sure he had all the information to prepare for prepare for the game. And Jason Pierce is sitting there on BBC one. Jason Pierce. What's he fucking called Jonathan Pierce? <laughs> his dad. It's, it's jo- his proud dad. father. Jonathan Pierce <laughs> is sitting there on BBC one, basically calling Bielsa a liar. So where's the tweet about that?
1: Hey, but at least Marcelo Bielsa in the post-match will be able to say concentrating on the league in Spanish and not English. <laughs> Make it sound a lot better. We're
2: quite, we quite wanted to win the FA Cup this year, didn't we? I think we decided. He has yeah. actually
1: said that
3: the result generates a lot of sadness and disappointment for us. It does. He's not wrong. Uh,
1: he got it wrong today, didn't he? We have to say that he did. he did. Not as wrong as Jonathan Pearce and Martin Keon have got their entire lives wrong. No, I mean, seriously, though, we'll, we'll always go into bat for Marcelo Bielsa because he's in... You know, eternal amounts of credit f- for Leeds United, but he got it wrong today.
3: Just to round off on those two, we did get get those to the point where they were talking about um, what a shocking game he has had, and his confidence has looked terrible all day, and he's had a, an awful afternoon, um, as if the, the good save in the first half never happened. They they drove me to the point where I was defending a goalkeeper that I wish had never played for <laughs> Leeds United in the first place. That's how um, I've I've got a long standing hatred of Jonathan Pearce's commentary because it's all just irrelevant. Um, bollocks he just he, it's like he has a sheet of notes and he just reads from the top about all the trivia that you're not interested in and I've mentioned this before it was the World Cup when there was a shot from a, a German player against England he said oh what a shot just tipped over the bar from the uh, the former German under 21 international who scored four goals at the uh, European Championships or whatever and I still two replays later had no idea who this footballer was because he wouldn't say his fucking name
1: <laughs> not a fan then <laughs> no <laughs> not in the least uh, let's talk about the game then, and I mean, is there anything we can take out of that complete shit show today at all? I I mean, think- th-
2: we, had a- we had a Subway at half-time, that was quite nice. Pervader did a couple of alright things in the first half.
3: Pervader was fine, and again, Piers and Keon thought he was shit, so that just tells you how good he was.
2: Well, they were pretending he was shit in the, in the first second half, sorry, but they spent half-time of half time saying how good he was in this BBC studio, so they'd obviously not been watching that. But
3: he did, I thought he looked fine. Pervader is, um, is of a I think he's just one of those players that kind of exists in his own head and plays his own game. He he wasn't worried about um, who he's up against.
2: I think I I was most let down by the senior players today. I thought that I expected more of Rodrigo and Hernandez and Aliovsky and Costa, I think.
1: But I mean, Alioski's always got that, that brainless pass in him, hasn't he? So when it starts to happen with most balls that he plays and then everybody else around him is doing the same, it, it comes as no surprise, does it? Mm-hmm. But that's, mean- not, that's not singling him out for any particular solo criticism. I just meant it was emblematic of the whole thing when everybody was doing it.
3: Yeah, if you're Jack Jenkins and you're coming on for your debut and you're looking at Pablo Hernandez misplacing passes, um, it's awkward. I would say that, that 15 minutes after half-time where we would made those changes, were probably the crucial bit because um i think the first thing and not to pick on young players at all but i think that one of the first things um Jenkins did when he came on there was like two misplaced passes because he's just he's trying to get used to it and he'll be nervous and all that will, will play into it um but that did mean it's kind of the um it unbalanced us to use a, a phrase from the Elster. and the same with casey um I'd like to see I can't vividly remember at the moment the goals but there was a um certainly the second one that was given giving the ball away up the pitch and that's um it's in that, that spell they that came so quickly within ten minutes of half time that I think the changes might have been fine, but we didn't get through that spell when it everything kind of needed to calm down when Jack Jenkins needs to make five good passes and get them all right so we can just go like right, yeah. I mean this and Casey never got that opportunity of making you know, two good tackles and two good clearances when he said, right, I'm in the game now and it's all fine. Everything, it, and I then guess, by that
1: point, we're 2-0 down and Yeah, you don't want to be, nobody wants to be on that pitch 2-0 down to Crawley. Sorry, I was going to say that, I guess, is the inherent problem with Marcelo Bielsa and I say that with a com- with completely open-heartedness towards him and lots, you know, eternal love to the man. Just slag him off today. It's no, I, d- I don't want he to. can stand it. No, but, you know, because he, he is very fixed in his ideas about how football should be played and sometimes it's not always, it kind of doesn't always mirror the real world situation that you see in front of us, does it? You know, you, like you say, you, that psychology of understanding that, that Jenkins needs to just see through that spell wasn't perhaps at the forefront of his mind when actually it, it was like, okay, we we just, we'll do this, we'll make this change, we'll put this player in this position regardless and he should be fine enough to cope. But actually, sometimes you need to, I don't know, be a bit more savvy than that. And this is me requesting requesting that Marcelo Bielsa to be more savvy, but, but he, you know, I mean, I'm, a, I'm a fucking have, idiot, you know.
3: Jenkins did have You know, Calvin Phillips behind him um, and Pablo Hernandez in front of him. So you are kind of putting him in a a position where there are players to help him out.
2: Although Um, another way of looking at it is that he had Oli Casey behind him and Sam Greenwood in front of him.
3: Yep. And then, and again, and so I keep, I've mentioned a couple of times that Casey mistake for the second one, but it shouldn't have been a goal because there should have been a goalkeeper back. Well, there was a goalkeeper back there, you know, Spanish. He's conceded um, that goal loads he's of not times, hasn't he? Is he? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. A Champions League winner, as they kept I think, saying.
2: I think that's the same goal he conceded at Forest and at home to Sheffield Wednesday last year. That same near, basically at the near post, kick it straight at him. Yeah. Goes in.
1: Quite apart from the the racism angle that has, you know, put such a cloud over Kiko Casilla as a general concept, he's just not a very good goalkeeper, is he? No.
2: He's no. never. He, he's let. He, lets in, he makes mistakes every time he plays. Just, me- every every game last season. He would do something wrong, and sometimes he get away with it. Which I know, I know Meslier has got away with stuff this year, but he wouldn't generally do enough good stuff to offset that. Like there was one good save in this, but then there was one goal that was definitely his fault, and there was one that he completely got away with when he came out of his box for no apparent reason. So he's he once again ends a game in in debt.
3: And he is. I'm trying. I was He's not a Spanish internationalist. He didn't actually get a, a cap, but I think he may have been in the squad. He, he, got, he got one. Right. So yeah. it, okay, he got I one. Should trust yeah. myself. Um. And he's also he's like 15 years older than, well, he's not that much older, 14. He's a lot older than um, Melier. And Melier is, uh, for all his mistakes, has also bailed us out plenty of times this season with good saves. And it's the opposite here, where um, he's so much older than Casey as well. Oliver Casey has, I think, as a young player making one of his first appearances in the first team, should have the the right to make a mistake with that confidence that an experienced player who is on the pitch with him will sort it out for him. And in this case, it's the goalkeeper. And when that doesn't happen, there's no hope for young kids coming into a, a game like that because um, there's nobody there helping them out.
2: If we are calling out experienced players as well, I think it was Calvin Phillips who got done for the first goal. Just was far too square, and he just went round the outside, round the round the right hand side of him. First
3: goal was a very good goal. He uh, he took shackle he took Shackleton apart first, and went two ways and. And beat Shackleton that way, like said, oh, I'm going this way and then turn the other, and Shackleton was gone. And then yeah, he was uh, through when he went past Phillips. I'd have to watch it again to see how badly. Um, I think Phillips, Phillips just did didn't. Then. I
2: think Phillips just didn't expect him to actually try to go past him. No. I think he thought he was going to hold him up, and instead he just continued his momentum and went straight past him. And that first one, definitely not Kiko's fault, but still could have saved it. It was within the range where you, you can sometimes expect the goalkeeper to get a hand to it.
3: Melier might have saved it. And I think the, the key then, I think you put that one more down, is that was a good goal by Crawley. Um, maybe came about, whether it came about because of power changes or not, but then we didn't, that's the point I'm kind of making, we didn't get that calmness afterwards. There wasn't that period of, all right, keep the ball, pass it about a bit, no more of setting. If we did make a mistake, it just went straight in the net, which two minutes after we conceded one, it's an absolute, it's a killer at that point.
1: Um we can't hang on to the bad feeling about this, can we? Doesn't matter. Well, I mean, it, I mean, it, do, it does matter, but you actually, on, on the one hand, you're correct because we can now concentrate on the league. Brilliant. Um, we had said, you know, in the run up to this, it'd be nice to have a cup run this year, but on the flip side of that,
2: we'll can be lucky we'll to avoid relegation <laughs>
3: based on that. I mean, you know, yes, you would like to take the FA Cup seriously and have a run of it, but you know, we're not the team bringing on fucking TV presenters, are we? So, um, Fuck it. Don't care. There was I mean, it's a, it's annoying when we lose that badly, um, and it looks that bad, but um equally whole didn't cause us any problems. We lost a hole with a very similar sort of lineup, a very similar sort of performance, um, got knocked out of a competition that we would have liked to at least get some um, more games in so that players like Casey and Jenkins could get some more time on the pitch. Um and we just carried on and we're I haven't seen the table this weekend, but I think we're top of the Premier League. Um, we've done well since. It's It shouldn't. That's always the risk because it was the risk of what happened with Sutton and what happened with Newport, that it derailed the season and everything's gone wrong. I don't think that we're going to have um, the next 10 games. They're not going to be Christiansen after Newport and we're not going to end up with, we'll be two months from now welcoming fucking... John Yems is our new manager. There's a poor Heckenbottom-style emergency appointment.
2: Rafinha didn't spit at anyone, did he? No, as far as I know, he was
3: trying to get the uh, he was trying to hurry that substitute off in the 92nd um, in, minute. <laughs> the 92nd minute, he just really fucking wants to win. Rafinha, I like it. But I mean, Alioski was having a bit of needle with somebody at the, the final whistle as well. So, um,
1: they can, yeah, at, at least pray, they care.
3: Pray that there was not any saliva exchanged, especially in current climate, which would make it. Well, God, imagine if Saez had actually you know, spread a deadly virus around when he, he did that. We probably would have had to get rid of him even sooner.
1: Uh, we normally pick heroes and villains at the end of this podcast or speculatively set up some candidates for the main podcast um, in that department. Shall we bother?
2: Got plenty of villains. All of them? Yeah, the te- go through the team sheet. L- exclude anyone who's 21 or under just for, um, I don't know, sympathy
1: we don't want to them. shatter the confidence
2: yet exactly Mark writes on it as well on, f- just,
1: just no Crawley
3: Town as a concept well
2: it looked I bleak, think didn't it? we'll just
3: um, I hope we fucking withhold that um, the game fees that they've been John Yems has not been able to I don't think he's been able to say a complete sentence without going oh no so it would be really nice if Leeds gave us the money yeah what do we we said this um, to each other during the game find a local charity in Crawley give the money to them fuck that football club off <laughs> <laughs> so I feel if there's a food banking Crawley needs some money, then the whatever the match fees um, Leeds had that, that John Yems has been banging on about it is for that, a week. that is a
1: proper dick move. Is that? Uh, but one, I'm right behind yeah. because it can't be called out, can it? Because it's a really good magnanimous gesture, but it also sticks two fingers up at Yems. Yeah, who's going to trade off this for years now?
2: Can I say how delighted I was that no Crawley fans got to see it? Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. good as well. Unless because uh, I don't like it when you get non-league teams doing well in the FA Cup because what you get is a really packed ground which is normally half empty of people all pretending they support Crawley and they fucking don't. They support Arsenal and they've gone to Crawley because they're playing Leeds. So I'm glad those people haven't had a nice day out.
1: And on the flip side of that, I'm glad that no Leeds fans were there to witness that either.
2: Yeah. It'd have been a wasted trip, wouldn't it? And I mean, well, we saw saw the photo from, from Bryn's travel lodge. I mean, no one, will, no one needs to go to Crawley, do they? The
3: advantage of uh, of the game being behind closed doors is that um, nobody gets to see how bad Leeds United were. It just kind of it stays within the Leeds United world and, and wasn't embarrassing for us in a in any kind of national context.
1: Yeah, in the same way that um, our promotion was in a roundabout way stolen from us because we weren't there to witness it. At least Crawley have had that stolen from them. Yeah, and the, the, that is the one, um, the one upside
3: the FA Cup that run. Uh, to victory this year might have been nice but there was always going to be two things one you'd have um, Derby County fans saying well we would have won it if we, if Wayne Rooney had been able to manage our third round match but that's why the only reason why he won and also that we wouldn't have been able to go to Wembley because I don't think Wembley, the FA Cup final is not going to have a crowd is it or if it will it will we'll be very meagre so it always would have been um, a little bit disappointing a- it's to an win. Asterisk, it's
1: an asterisk year, just like Liverpool's last year. Asterisk,
3: yes. <laughs> but, but whereas <laughs> but the championship was, was hundred yeah, yeah, percent, yeah, yeah. that was fine. legit. That was legit. So uh,
1: it it always would have been um, uh, a, a
3: tinge of disappointment. So we'll just, um, I think that's why we're going to settle for um, qualifying for Europe
1: rather than winning the Premier League this year to set us up for the treble next season. Bollocks, that wasn't it. Very much so. Okay. Thanks for listening. You've made it this far. You've made it to the end. In fact, and we'll uh, we'll speak to you next time. Bye bye.